Welcome to the Sensibly Speaking Podcast. This is Chris Shelton, your host. Thank you very much for inviting me into your home again this week. I'm happy to be here. And this week, uh, we are going to dive into Scientology in the United Kingdom. And this is an actual deep well. There is a apparently tremendous amount of information available about Scientology finances and money flows and information there. And the UK has been sort of I mean, I'll say it, you know, it's gotten second shrift, you know, it's gotten short shrift in the ex-Scientology world. And actually pretty much everywhere outside the U.S. kind of has in a way. And and the U.K. has been probably the area we've concentrated on or exposed or talked about, you know, maybe second to the U.S., but uh, but not enough. And so this week uh, I welcome back apostate Alex. Hey, Alex, welcome back to hey, my Chris. show. Thanks for having me back. It's, uh, it's good to be here. Yeah, I'm happy to have you back. Um, so you've been doing, uh, you've been kind of not so busy on the YouTube front because you've been doing a lot of behind the scenes work lately with numbers and calculators. And I, I imagine you up, you know, late at night with little pencils writing all these notes and everything. What's uh, What's been happening in your world? Yeah, I've definitely been a busy boy. I mean, in London right now, the sun is setting and hopefully that means the sun is setting on Scientology. There's so much to <laughs> there's so much to uncover here. And like the I never I... on Scientology out. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> the deeper I delve into this, the um the more I uncover and the deeper the well goes, like you say. And um it's just been a whirlwind of um information that i'm learning about their operations here so i started um several months ago looking into this and kind of trying to find my feet and figure out what's going on how they operate i knew some stuff from when i was in scientology um but then i started thinking well look hold on maybe i need to look into this deeper and um jeffrey augustine has scientology money project blog which looks at the kind of business operations and finances of scientology in the us um but he doesn't there isn't too much content on there about the uk there's not really anyone doing it so i thought well maybe this is an opportunity to start looking into that um and so i launched the website scientologybusiness.com which is kind of the uk europe version of scientology money project we're looking at their business operations how they're set up here and operate through different tax loopholes um the key people involved and their recent financial filings and that sort of thing and yeah it's been been fascinating and there's more to come like every day i sit down and think I'm going to write this article or I look at an accounts and I'm like, okay, this is what this means. I then see like a little tiny little comment that leads me into something, a whole nother kettle of fish that is then opened. And yeah, it's just, it's mad. There's so much stuff available that just hasn't been looked at. Wow. And that's, and that really highlights a big difference between um, you guys and us. Uh <laughs> two nations you divided by a common language. I think that's what John Atek likes to, to throw down sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but also divided by the fact that the, in the UK, Scientology is not an acknowledged religion. It does not have mm. religious status the same way they can do marriages. I understand, but they're not full blown tax exemption kind of religion. Is that right? Kind of it's, <clears throat> excuse me. It's a really interesting 
topic that in and of itself um so scientology are not a tax-exempt charity in the united kingdom um but they do have some level of religious recognition similar to in the us there's not like a religion recognizing authority part of the government it's all through different rulings and you know determinants like uh, decisions made by different government departments it's similar here in the uk so in 2013 they won a supreme court case uh while i was on staff actually um that gave them the right to perform religious wedding ceremonies um but that doesn't automatically uh, mean their buildings and property and their operations are tax exempt um uh, since then so that was 10 years ago Scientology have been involved in an ongoing uh, legal battle with HM Revenue and Customs, which is the tax office here. Um, and that came to a conclusion in January of this year, uh, which does give them some minor tax relief for being a religion. Now, their buildings were deemed places of worship in order to perform wedding ceremonies 10 years ago. But the property tax they pay... Um, the wording is slightly different. To be exempt from the particular type of property tax we're talking about here, you have to be a place of public worship. Now, that keyword public was the centre of this 10-year legal battle. And that came to conclusion in January. They won that. They are now deemed places of public worship. Um, so they now get rates relief um, to some extent on their properties, but they're still not completely tax exempt because that's a whole nother kettle of fish um so they're kind of recognized as a religion uh but they're not completely tax exempt and i personally believe scientology are gearing up and preparing for um an application to become tax exempt here in the uk okay and i definitely have a couple questions about that i had a couple but first i want to ask you because um because of that point i wasn't aware of of houses of public worship that's interesting because, of course, they are not doors open to anybody who walks in to go to their, I suppose, on Sunday, on their Sunday service, they might put on such a facade. But otherwise, it's not like people can just wander into a church of Scientology and just sit down and start reading or it's not a Christian science reading room or something. You're going to get harassed. <laughs> you're going to somebody's going to come up to you and start talking to you and want to know what you're doing there and that kind of thing. Am I am I seeing am I missing something on this? No, you're absolutely right. The Scientology Sunday service is integral to their tax exemption here in the UK. It is the one thing that gave them that status as a place of public worship. Now, part of the battle, um, the legal battle that went on, they did meant the government did many inspections and they went unannounced and announced they took did visits to the church in London and at St. Hill um, to see whether it was genuinely open to the public because essentially Scientology need to prove that they have uh, religious uh, worship ceremonies going on in their buildings and anybody, whoever you are, uh, can go and take part in that service. Now, the only thing in Scientology that that is true for is Sunday service. So when I was on staff in 2013, I remember uh, there was a big push from Mark Pynchon, the director of special affairs. He was like, we are really gearing up Sunday service. If you live in London, if you can come, you need to go to Sunday service. It is really important for our religious recognition. So if you can, you must go. That's the message that came through to us on staff. And we now see why that was pushed so hard, because that's the only thing that they uh, that they do that is open to the public now. 
when the inspectors did their um, unannounced visits to the, the Scientology building, the report actually is quite funny. It makes it really clear, uh, essentially, on our visits to the London church to attend Sunday services and so on, uh, there weren't anyone, there wasn't anyone there. It was empty, but we had no issues going and attending. <laughs> It's. I think the exact words were the buildings were underused and underutilized, um, and they said considering for the time of day the buildings were basically uh, basically empty. But the, the the point isn't whether people go. The point in tax law is whether people can go. Um, something that's really interesting is Mormon churches and Mormon temples here in the UK and their status, and there's a really similar. Um, policy that they have mm -hmm. i'm not a mormon expert in it by any means but the way i understand it the mormon temples are open only to mormons in good standing you have right. to have what's called a temple recommend that, is that right that's right. yeah mormon chapels are like chapels in scientology orgs right they are open to anybody for any service right mm -hmm. Mormon temples in the UK are not considered tax exempt because they're not open to everybody because you have to be a Mormon in good standing to go. Mormon chapels are tax exempt in the UK because anyone can go even if you're not in good standing. Now, this is the question as to whether Sunday service is truly open to the public if a suppressive person or enemy of the church was to walk up and say, hey, I'm here just to go to Sunday service. Would they genuinely let you attend? I don't know. I guess it depends whether there's an inspector from the tax office there. <laughs> you know, that's a really good point. I was just thinking to myself, it might be quite um, interesting if you or other, you know, people who might be recognizable as SPs were to contact the uh, inspector office and say, hey, I, you know, I, I think I might have something to show you. <laughs> Well, Chris, you mentioned at the start here, I've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, it was today, actually, that I submitted a Freedom of Information Act request to the Charity Commission um, asking what safeguards are in place and what the process is. Uh, should Scientology make an application to become tax exempt? Um, how do the Charity Commission go about um, finding out whether what they say is true and determining whether their services are genuinely open to the public? Um, so we'll have to wait and see. It's probably going to be a month before I hear back. But I have asked the question. I'm curious about something because it sounds to me like from what we've been discussing here to, you know, uh, is that it's not a public benefits test. It's a public attendance test. And I'm curious, you know, when do the public benefits come into this? How does that work mm -hmm. in the UK? I've had commenters tell me that it's a joke. It's a total farce. But if that's true, why hasn't Scientology just farced their way through it? So what is this public benefits test that is so famous in the UK for religion? Sure. So the two things we talked about so far are the weddings and whether they genuinely perform ceremonies that could be considered religious. Now, in that court case in 2013, the definition of religion was changed in British law. That is an, the impact Scientology has had because previously religion was determined as a belief in a supreme being and a, a single deity. Um, and Scientology overturned that and it was ruled through the Supreme Court, changed the definition so Scientology could benefit from that. 
The second legal battle we talked about over the last 10 years, which was the taxing, whether it's a place of public worship, again, that's relief on some of the property tax they pay, but it doesn't give them full tax exemption. Now, tax exemption in the UK is offered through the Charity Commission. Now, being a religious entity does not automatically give you charity status in the UK. In the UK, you have to prove that you are operating, you have a public benefit. One of the benefits could be we are, you know, the purpose of our organization is to advance religion. That is a, a suitable and completely fine charitable purpose. But you have to prove that you are genuinely benefiting the public. Now, benefiting the public could be seen as well. We're offering public services where people can come and worship. Right. That in itself is a public benefit because it allows people to connect with spirituality and whatever that's deemed a public benefit. But in 1999, uh, Scientology applied for charity status and they were rejected here in the UK. And the reason they were rejected is because they couldn't prove that they existed for the public benefit. It was ruled that Scientology benefits its own members, not the general public. And the personal nature of um, auditing and training means it benefits the individual and not the greater public. And therefore, it was denied charity status. So if we're looking at what's happened now, they've got government recognition that they are open to the public and they have public worship, ceremonies of public worship going on, and they can perform wedding ceremonies. This sets the stage for them to present a new case to the Charity Commission going, look, we are for the public benefit. We have worship services that are open to anybody. So I personally believe this is them setting the stage um, and we're coming towards the uh, the sort of peak, if you like, of a 20-year program, if not more, that Scientology have been working on to try and get tax exemption here in the UK. Right. I know they're desperate for it, and I know that, and and I know they need it. But I'm 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 a little baffled because, um, like, all this time, all they needed to do was Sunday service. I mean, it it that alone is enough for them to be of public benefit that they have people who can walk in and do a Sunday service. Is that, is it really that simple that, 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 that alone, they don't have to do actual charitable work or contribution to the community that the community would say, acknowledge to the board. Like it seems to me a test, if you were going to put this into a test form, then you would want to put it into a, in such a way that it, would anticipate and head off potential attempts to thwart it or, you know, corrupt the process or try to get, try to do a runaround on it. Right. So it seems to me, I mean, uh, you could always bribe your way through to this, I suppose, but you know, it seems like providing public benefit would mean public people would be attesting to that fact, not just the organization itself. Is that any part of this process? I think what you have to consider is that Scientology love looking at the nitty gritty of laws and finding any little loophole they possibly can. Uh. Now, it's very clear on the Charity Commission website what is and isn't considered a, a charitable activity. You know, if you're going out into the community and you're helping people, you know, with homelessness or a food shelter, those, those sorts of things are really clearly defined charitable activities that would grant you tax exempt status. 
religion is not so clearly defined in charity law because it's one of those subjects that no one really wants to get into because it's a a subject for theologians rather than lawyers and no one can really determine what is and isn't a genuine religion because no one wants to offend everybody because we're all so polite here in the UK. Um, So it's one of those looser things where it just kind of says advancing religion can be considered a charitable activity but what that and worship can be considered a public benefit because you know people want to connect with the infinite well great you can come and worship well therefore it's a public benefit so it's a gray area and i think that's why scientology are going for it in this way because they love going to those little loopholes where anything they can twist or change or challenge in the courts you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. Sunday service is integral. I'm sure they will throw evidence in the case about their truth about drugs campaign and how they've donated thousands of dollars to the local city of London police and uh, probably mentioned Narconon, the drug rehabilitation centre in Sussex. Right. Um you know, this is, it's good. It's not going to be a simple tick box format. They've been working on this case for over 20 years Um they're playing the long game, and I think it's it's coming to an end. Coming, soon. To, a, coming to a head here. Well, head, what yeah. do you have? And uh, I understand you did that request to the government to find out. You know, okay, well, what's the process? Are you aware right now of anything that can, should, would be done? Um, are there commissions? You know, will the charity commission uh, accept petitions to speak to them, or you know, can you go talk to them about this particular topic as? A former Scientologist say, hey, look, I have some concerns. I'd like to make them known. Is there can that kind of activity be done as a mail campaign? Can people send emails? Would it help if people did it from America? What what kind of help could you actually use in regards to uh, pushing back on this? That's a great question. I think this all started. This is how long I've been working on this. My first FOI request was in March, right? I submitted a request to the Charity Commission in March asking, has Scientology had any communication with the Charity Commission whatsoever since it was rejected tax exemption in 1999? Um, have they attempted to appeal it? Have they tried to apply again? And the answer I got was no. They have had no communication whatsoever with Scientology since 1999. All of this work that's been ongoing has been behind the scenes, it's been in lawsuits, it's been in tax cases that is kind of doing the groundwork to prepare them to then apply to the Charity Commission. In the FOI request I submitted today, one of the questions I asked was, since March, have they had any communication with you? And I'm going to regularly request information through FOI and update everybody so that as soon as they make an application, you know, hopefully we we know about it. At this point in time, uh, writing to the Charity Commission, I don't personally think is going to have any benefit because as far as I am aware, they haven't applied again. They haven't appealed the decision. But I do believe that once they have started that process charity commission do do a lot of work in investigating and making a decision and it's a lengthy process it's not like they're going to apply and be given tax exemption 30 days later it's a lengthy process one of the questions i asked today was how long on average does that process take Um, and what exactly does that process involve in terms of contacting former members or you know critics or um, people in the educational field and so hopefully i have some answers on that soon 
soon. My feeling is once they apply for tax exemption or once they apply to appeal the decision, then perhaps a campaign might be necessary to inform the charity commission that there are this, you know, there is this community of us that would not be welcome at a church of Scientology um, and that it would be important for them to know about that. Um, but I don't think it's needed just yet. So please, if you're watching, listening to this, don't start sending the charity commission letters. It probably won't help. Um, but the moment they do apply, um, I, I will, of course, update everyone and hopefully I'll have a plan in place then as to, to what people can do. Excellent. Would that plan or would your um, updates on this be put up on that new website you put up or how will, um, would that be a way that maybe they should follow or subscribe or something to make sure they thank you. <laughs> thank you for plugging my site, Chris. Yes. Scientologybusiness.com. How they didn't have that domain name. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Scientologybusiness.com is, uh, my new blog website where I'm uploading updates regularly and, um, you know, uploading all the, the financial documents and so on. Um, and going through all of those and you can follow me on Twitter and YouTube and so on apostate Alex as well. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll I'll come on your channel again at some point when that does happen and we'll have a bunch more to talk about uh, when that happens. You bet we will. You bet. Um, good. So no call to action yet, but get ready because um, when it happens, it's going to need to happen. And anybody and literally I do mean anybody who's listening to this right now. Uh, seriously, like we are going to need your help when the time comes, because every voice counts when it comes to pushing back in these government body commission paneled congressional, whatever, you know, when it comes to these kind of things, that's where volume of response really matters and, uh, and can truly make a difference. I've seen it happen. Um, okay. So. Do you have any other updates regarding the Scientology finance situation in the UK for us? I was just about to make that link there, um, actually, as to why this is such an important thing when it comes to charity status. Because at the moment, Scientology operate through an Australian in the UK. They operate through an Australian registered charity called the Church of Scientology Religious Education College Incorporated, which is abbreviated to COSRECI, right? When I worked for the church, my legal employer was COSRECI. I got pay slips. I paid tax through COSRECI and so on. They are registered in Australia as a tax exempt charity there, but they operate solely in the UK. Now, why they're doing this? I don't know. You know, it's a questionable activity and there's something to do with money being moved around here. Um, but they are recognized as a charity in Australia. They're not here. OK, yes. hang on, hang on. Hang. I, I want to I got to clarify something all of a sudden because I I thought I understood this. And now I'm suddenly wondering if I do. Cause Recce is an Australia based charity organization that is recognized in Australia as a tax exempt charitable organization. Yes. And that organization has a what PO box or something. I mean, there's not like there's some office building in Australia somewhere in Perth where people go to work and they're working for Cosrecki, right? Cosrecki's registered address is the Adelaide, Adelaide Scientology Org building. If you look it up on Google Maps, there is a history. It used to be some random address that was not even linked to Scientology. Uh, that was pulled up by uh, Jeffrey Augustine on his blog, Scientology Money Project, and the address was changed. It is now the Adelaide Org. 
However, it's very clear in the founding documents and on the registration with the Australian Charities and Non-Profits Commission that Cosrecchi operates solely in the United Kingdom. So they don't have an Australian representative or an Australian employee. It only operates here in the UK. It's an overseas entity, but it is registered in Australia. Would they say if asked or demanded, do you imagine, I, I this is all suppositional, I suppose, um, that the DSA Adelaide would be the one running it or something, given that address? That's the first thing I thought. Or No, the, the, the address is the Adelaide building, but all of the contact info is Peter Hodkin, who is the lawyer here in the UK that represents Scientology. Oh, okay. That's really weird it is very strange and i'm not quite sure why they've done it like that um now in the uk because they're not a charity here they're not tax exempt they are liable for what's called corporation tax if your business um makes more than two hundred fifty thousand pounds quarter of a million a year in profits you have to pay 25 percent tax on your profits here in the uk as a business so it's in scientology's best interest to not uh, be making lots of profit because they have to pay corporation tax on any activities that happen here so even though cosreiki is australian registered they do still have to pay UK tax. And you can look at their accounts. They pay VAT, which is sales tax. They do pay corporation tax, albeit not much. Um, but they have to pay those taxes whether or not they're tax exempt in Australia. So I'm not quite sure why they've done it like that. Because being a charity registered in Australia, it's very similar to what it would be like here in the UK if they're a tax exempt charity here. You have being a charity actually puts you under more public scrutiny than being a private limited company. If you're a charity, because you're for the public benefit and you get tax benefits, you have to uh, consistently prove and report on the benefit you are doing the public. So your accounts are incredibly more detailed than a private company would be. Or, for example, in the US, I understand because their taxes aren't there, that means it, they, it gives them protection from public scrutiny. Yeah. It's the opposite here in the UK. If you are tax exempt, you have to prove everything you're doing is for is, is worth it, and you have to have publicly available documents. So their accounts actually show a really clear breakdown on exactly how much money they spent on marketing, staff wages, all this sort of stuff. It's really, really broken down. So by being registered as a charity in Australia, it actually exposes more of their finances than if they were just to operate in as a private entity here in the uk now the only conclusion i can kind of come to at this stage is perhaps it's something to do with moving money around and uh currency conversions because they make all of their money in british pounds but they report them in australian dollars and all the money ends up going to america uh in american dollars so the money gets converted three times which is a, a really easy way way to make take advantage of the fluctuating currency conversion rates and so on i'm not accusing them of that but it is certainly possible they're doing it and it's probably legal um but i haven't figured out any other reasons yet uh but i'm only just at the beginning of this research journey so i'm sure i will come up with a bunch more reasons why they've done it this way uh, yeah, there's gotta be some reason and the one thing we have to keep in mind when we go down these rabbit holes 
is Scientology is always worse than we think. And that just, that just, I'd say that not because of anything other than it just keeps proving itself as a true piece, true maxim. Every single time I think I've gotten to the bottom, <laughs> something else comes up and you're like, you gotta be kidding me. They're doing what to kids, what, you know, or whatever it is that, you know, that's coming up. Uh, and this thing, how long do you, do you know how, when they started this cost recce, when this was set up? I believe it was 1973 or 1978. It was around that time because Recky has been around for a very long time and their accounts definitely go back to the 70s. They are publicly available. If anyone wants to go and see them, you can get them on scientologybusiness.com or you can go straight to the UK government website. Company's House is the registration um, authority here. You can go and look at them and you can download their accounts for free and see exactly how much money they're making and where it's going um in the last 10 years their accounts basically have been filed with directly with the australian charities non uh, and non-profits commission the acnc again their files are publicly available to view um one of the most perhaps concerning things i've uncovered recently is the church of scientology international which is a u.s-based entity uh, and the Scientology International Reserves Trust, again, a US-based entity, and a couple of others, including Flag, um, have loaned Cosrecki money over the years. The amount they loan Cosrecki each year changes. They are consistently loaning this money. They are propping up Cosrecki financially um, in the form of loans, which Cosrecki are then paying back with interest. Again, I understand that's not illegal, but it does make it questionable when you look at ethics and morality, because what we have here is a tax exempt uh, US religious organization known as Scientology profiting off loaning $100 million to an overseas entity, which is the Church of Scientology in the UK based in Australia. So is it a financial institution, right? Scientology in the US, which is tax exempt, are profiting from lending money to overseas entities. <laughs> that is happening and it has been happening for years. No, I get it. I get it. I don't, I, I this is where I have to throw my hands up and say, it sounds bizarre. And yet it also sounds like, uh, you know, subunit to subunit, because if you house all this under this umbrella concept of the Church of Scientology worldwide, right, then you have, you know, one organization in this, you know, network loaning or sending money to transferring funds to another sub-organization, which are incorporated in different countries under different laws, under different bylaws, and yet Purpose-wise, these are two entities whose sole function is to support and, you know, finance the Church of Scientology's operations in the world. So I wonder if that if that setup is something that happens in other companies or something. This is where my lack of business acumen really comes through. But um, it, it is they, you're, you're completely right. I know for for a fact, Scientology invests money in stocks and stuff too, and makes money on that. As does, I'm positive, the Mormon Church, and I don't think that's right at all. I I just don't. I don't. I don't think charitable organizations should be doing that. But I. But on the other hand, you could see arguments for it if it's you know using their money to make some money so they can do more charitable works. Then isn't that a good thing? And it's like, oh my god. So it could go around, you know, the wheel goes round and round. 
I I wonder about these relationships though, because it's bizarre. Because that does that mean, if I understand what you've been saying so far correctly, and that's clarify this for me, you were getting paid by Kosrecki, not by Church of Scientology of London Incorporated. Correct. Kosrecki is the sole organization through which all UK Scientology operations uh, occur. So that's St. Hill, London, Birmingham, all of the smaller orgs, you know, Manchester, Sunderland, uh, Bournemouth and Paul used to be separate, but it, they all fought, they all operate under this one company. Kosrecki is their entire UK operation. There are a number of shell companies that have been set up, and this is one of the reasons I think they're preparing to... Um, uh, apply for tax exemption because when they applied in 1999 for charity status, they did so through another entity which was registered in 1993, I believe, or 1996, called Church of Scientology brackets England and Wales Limited. That was set up in the 90s. They applied for charity status through that organization. Uh, they were denied. And that company has stayed active officially as a piece of paper. Um, but their accounts last year showed they have total assets of £20. Like it's it's not anything. It's not trading. It's not got any money in it. But I believe that when they do their next charity exemption request, uh, tax exemption request, um, it will be again through that organization. So Church of Scientology England and Wales will become the UK operating arm, not Cosrecchi. I believe that they will then dissolve Cosrecchi because they don't need to operate through Australia anymore because they have the UK tax exemption. And the reason that it's important we start looking at this now is because what happens to this 100 million dollar debt right scientology it's it, it it will work in their favor to look like they're not making profits in the uk because they have to pay corporation tax at the moment so it's very convenient if they suddenly have a massive loan to pay back because then they can increase their expenditures and therefore on paper make less profit um, again, it's not legal. That sort of thing happens all the time with Google, Amazon, Facebook, and you know they all operate in Luxembourg and Ireland and these tax havens. Something like that is probably going on here. It's not illegal, but it's questionably moral. Um, but essentially, what happens to that debt? Because that debt obviously will be taxed somewhere. It is taxable you know, somewhere along the line. It's not clear where that money's come from, where it's eventually going back to. Um, the most worrying thing is, I believe the number is $46 million Cosrecchi currently have in undelivered paid for services. So if you pay for an intensive auditing in advance, and then you don't get that service, that money is on your account in Scientology. Um, the number is like $66 million Australian. I think the conversion is like 46 US. It's about 36, 34 million pounds, something like that. You can check it. But that money is on account in undelivered services. If Cosrecchi is then dissolved, what happens to that money? Some of that's mine. I have money on account at Scientology London for services I paid for that didn't that I never got. Um, does that money just disappear? Well, or do they transfer that debt over to the new organization, Church of Scientology England Wales? Well, I doubt it. As goofy as this sounds, I've always understood it that when you put money on account, with Scientology, all that really means is it's a credit account that they have opened up within their company, their corporation, with your name on it. We owe you 
X amount in services and they put it in the computer system as tabbed for auditing or, you know, like an intensive or an in, a package or a course package or something like that. And then if it's materials, you can't, um, you don't generally pay advance pay for materials. You got to collect them straight away if I remember right. So unless you're director of public book sales, in which case you can buy materials at wholesale cost in bulk and make a profit off selling them. <laughs> there you go. So <laughs> that's what we did. That, anyway. that money, the mm. actual money that comes into Church of Scientology of London, you know, this week, they'll put those numbers digitally in their computer that this is how much you've got on account because you've given us $500 this week. Excuse me. So here's $500 credited toward your next intensive. But that $500 getting spent. I mean, that's what, that's, what's paying for the lights this week, or that's, what's paying for, you know, the staff, or that's, that's going to something that money is gone and it's spent and it's dispersed and it's back out in the economy. It's not sitting somewhere. I mean, maybe part of it is sitting somewhere in a savings account somewhere, but it's not like they hold that money on account. And once you do the service, that's when they go spend it. That's, that might be a bit more, honest, uh, but that's not what they're doing. Right. They just, they just accumulate this. I, my, my concept or understanding of this has always been from a service point of view, because as from my Scientology job, I was always on the service end where our statistic was called value of service delivered, which was how, you know, you put that $500 on account and it might sit there for a year. Cause you never do the class or course or auditing or whatever. And my job as the service guy was Alex, you got $500 on account, man. Come on, let's go get down here and do this class and constantly pushing you to bring those money, to bring the, that backlogged undelivered services down. And they actually staticize this and keep it as a statistic uh, in the organizations of backlog services versus, you know, uh, bills or something. And so it was always a, it was always a problem having this backlog of delivery, but every single church of Scientology has a backlog of tens of thousands, hundreds of not tens, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars worth of undelivered services. And I don't know how that works accounting wise in terms of, uh, you know, assets and liabilities and all that. But I know that as the as a staff member, I was constantly being pressured to bring those monies down by getting those services delivered. Sometimes that became impossible because people left Scientology entirely. They died or, you know, got declared or something else happened. And that was those services were just never going to be delivered. And um, and the shenanigans started ensuing on that when the high pressure started coming down the line from above uh, when the basics came out back in the early 2000s to get those books sold and the lectures sold. And, in, and one way that staff responded to that, and I'm pretty sure this happened in the UK, it definitely happened in the US, was, okay, here's the $500 that's on account for Joe Smith and he's dead now. But there's that money just sitting there digitally credited to him. And here's Alex. I'm on the phone with him and he needs those basics and he needs those basics. And he's willing to give me a thousand, but the package is 1500. Well, Joe ain't ever going to use that 500. 
So I'm going to just take it from the dead guy's account. Alex, I got $500 donated by somebody. You can have those basics now. And this didn't just happen a couple times. This was like a problem. The other thing that they would do was they would bang people's credit cards for new income in and, and sell these basics. But I guess where I'm going with this is these numbers have been fudged and messed with and massaged so many different ways over the years by so many different parties that I really wonder what the legitimacy of those numbers are at all, other than internal Scientology accounting at this point. I don't, I don't know. Well, I think if you look at this particular number of um, undelivered services, um, while you were talking there, I just looked up the number. So the total amount of prepaid undelivered services in Kosrecki's accounts is $43.6 million or 34.2 million pounds. That's the amount of money on account at the Church of Scientology, St. Hill, London, Birmingham, the whole of the UK. The backlog, that TAP, total advance payments. That's the name of the statistic. Yeah. Scientology took me a moment to remember that TAP. TAP was a statistic that I lived or died by. And the DEDs, uh, you were a DED for a little while, weren't you? Or something like that? No, I was dead public book sales. But the deputy executive director of the Church of Scientology world, all over the world, this is one of their key things is dealing with TAP. TAP was always a flap because how dare you have all those undelivered services? 43 million. Wow. So that's if you count everything in the UK. That's how much money they've taken in where they didn't give anything back. Yeah. And you know what's you know what's really interesting? What you're talking here about the chase wave and this credit card fraud that happened and so on. Um, there was a particular time period that this happened. And Chris, I'm just going to tell you, looking at the stats that they supplied to the Australian Charities and Nonprofits Commission, what does this mean to you when I tell you that the donations on account in 2013 were about 17 million US dollars and in 2017, they were suddenly about 45 million dollars and they have stayed at around that level for the last five years. If you look at the graph, it shows a very clear, steep upward trend. They have suddenly gone from however much money, 10, 15, $20 million on account at any one time. And in a four or five year period, that has almost tripled. And then it stayed at that level. They've obviously done some sort of fundraising campaign where lots of people are putting money on their account. And then since 2017, they just haven't delivered those services that they got the money for in that period. When did the chase wave happen, Chris? Oh, exactly. I get the point. But isn't it funny because it it proves or is evidentiary toward a, a number of themes that we discuss on these channels. The, the chase wave is absolutely reflected there. The internationality of the chase wave, the fact that it was not just a Los Angeles or United States problem, but it was exported all over the world now. Now we have some proof of that in the UK numbers. I mean, we kind of think that's what sort of happens, but then when you get the numbers, you can really back that up. And here we are. Okay, so the UK got it too, and we're banging credit cards and ruining people's lives and probably calling old people and getting them too. And everything that gets done in the United States is probably being duplicated in the UK because that's the nature of Scientology. The other thing it tells me 
is that Scientology isn't actually even capable of delivering those services, which is quite interesting because all these staff running around in these churches all day long, you know, busy, 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 writing letters, selling books, trying to bring people in off the street, trying to, you know, bring people into the classrooms. And they apparently have such a surplus of like, that's supposed to reflect demand for services. That's people, that's actual money put on account. This is not ideal org money or IAS money. That's a whole separate thing. Those go to different accounts. Those are not cost recce monies. So we're not talking about money for improving Birmingham or anything like that. And we're not talking about IAS donations, which are just straight donations that go to IAS trust. So the UK is just not even trying to deliver Scientology is what that tells me. What I mean, you were a staff member on the ground. So what does that tell you from your experience as a London staff member? I think that's a very valid um, take on it. Um, but I think perhaps what will change your mind is when you look at another figure that is supplied in the same accounting documents, oh, well, which you're loving this, aren't you, Chris? <laughs> yeah, this is fascinating to me. Because I haven't, I haven't thought with these statistics and numbers like mm. this in a long time, because we don't have this kind of information transparent to us in the in the u.s if we did i could have done these kind of breakdowns years ago over here and and showed you guys this stuff this is the stuff i used to play with all day where how much money does these orgs have in undelivered services and what do i need to do as the executive over it to get these people to deliver scientology that was always my take on it so if you see me you know kind of wearing that hat here that's why that's how i would always deal with these numbers so what else, so what do you have to uh, change my mind? If you if you look at the stats, right, 2013 to 2017-ish, there was a massive drive, um, lots of money being put onto account for services to be delivered later. Hmm. Revenue has pretty much it dropped around that time but since 2019 2018 it's kind of stayed about the same so people are still donating regularly money this indicates that the number of paying public in scientology in the uk hasn't really changed because there hasn't been a massive drop in revenue um since 2019 or so it has been going down it's been on the decline but it hasn't been like a suddenly we registered all this money and then we lost loads of members like it's kind of it's can you know, it, it suggests that the, the, that is not shrinking in terms of public. But between the year 2018 and 2019, the figure that they have called staff allowances halved. It went from nearly $5 million to just over $2 million in the space of a year. Now, staff allowances, to me, is what I would call wages right for sea org members and for class five staff for those of you watching and listening that don't understand just very quickly the explanation there's two types of staff member in scientology class five staff like i was you get paid um, according to your rank in the org and also according to how much money your organization makes the week before so your pay goes up and down according to how well you're doing basically um when i was on staff sometimes i got 20 pounds for a full-time week of work sometimes I got 100 or 200 pounds, right? But it was never any more than minimum wage ever. 
Sea Org members are another type of staff. They dedicate their whole life to Scientology and you get paid a flat $50 rate every week for, um, you know, 12, 14, 18 hour days, seven days a week with effectively no time off. You either get paid your $50 or you don't get paid. If you're downstat or you're in ethics trouble, you don't get paid anything. I haven't heard of many stories of them saying, oh, instead of paying you $50 this week, you know, we're going to deduct ten dollars we're only going to pay you for like i understand it that you get paid or you don't get paid in seal am i right i will correct that i i cannot speak to how it happens in the uk i was never Mm -hmm. paid in the uk but in the us uh there were constantly it was not all or nothing there were okay generally we would divide it up into full pay three-quarter pay half pay quarter pay and you could have those breakdowns of it um an rpfer is automatic quarter pay oh, okay all right your full pay right it's quarter pay uh there were many 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 weeks in the sea org where it was half pay uh and that's that's 20 bucks right that's 22 bucks that's uh, you know because they would take about it, the the full pay was 50 but then there was uh in America, there was the um, Social Security, <laughs> and so it was about 45, 60 or something like that. That was absolute minute max what you were going to get. Um, so sometimes, you know, breakdowns of that. Okay. Not a super important point, but I just thought I'd clarify. No, that is important because that that makes me rethink what I was going to say. Oh, but it's it's what well, not rethink, but it's something that's important to note. Um, essentially, the point I was going to make is all this money was was regged and has been put on account. Mm-hmm. Um, the revenue hasn't changed; they've not lost any public members. But staff allowances, the amount of money they're spending on staff, ha- dropped by half. I believe that means they've lost half of their staff members. Especially, I was going to say mostly because. Uh, of of the dropping wages that would indicate that because they wouldn't just cut half of the pay of 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 all the staff for no reason when the revenue hasn't changed or whatever. Um, I I think the main point though is because the revenue hasn't changed that indicates that they are still making money they've still got public but the money on account hasn't decreased they are not delivering those services like you said and i believe they're not delivering those services because half of the staff left <laughs> and the year that those staff left was 2018 to 2019 which is exactly when leah remini and the aftermath show was on the tvs here in the uk i think it is a direct impact of leah remini's work and your work and everyone's work on that show that led to half the staff leaving in the UK and therefore the wages dropping and there not being enough staff to deliver the services that people have paid for in advance. Interesting. Let me ask you or throw another possibility into the mix. Sure. I, I, I'm thinking, and of course I want it to be true that a bunch of staff you know, saw that stuff or were affected by that. And we're like, okay, you know, screw this. I'm out. And very well, and I'm not at all going to debate you that that didn't happen. I, I don't know. Another thing that occurs to me though, and I, and tell me if the numbers would support this bonus systems changing. Um, one of the things that drives staff to produce income is bonuses. It's one of the very, very, very few things that you actually can get in Scientology as a staff member, but it depends on when you're there. In other words, some years are better than other years. The bonus system changes 
all the time. Uh, and it comes from the top. We don't know why the bonus system would change. It just would. There was a period of time in the 80s and 90s when staff and field staff members, public, who would do regging for the orgs and bring people in and, and that kind of thing could actually make a living doing that. There was a guy driving a Ferrari in pack because he was bringing so many people in and getting 10%, 15% commissions on the services those public were doing. And these were professional field staff members. There was a handful of them and they were ultra, they were seriously rich people. And they had Rolodexes of people that they were keeping tabs on and getting commissions from. Um, that was then, this is now. And now it was in the nineties that that was cut off, that that was changed. And the FSM bonuses started being messed with. And then the reg bonuses started being messed with because registrars, Sea Org registrars and staff registrars were making money, real money, like livable wage type of money with the bonuses. When I became a staff member as a registrar, a Sea Org member in AOLA, 2003-ish, four-ish, somewhere in there, um, I was making bonuses that were affording me. A, 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 I could finally get a bank account open up as a Sea Org member. And I, and I actually had a couple hundred in the bank because I was selling books and materials and getting commissions and stuff for it. My point is that the bonus systems change all the time and they've gradually gotten worse and worse. It, they, they changed it to a point where individual uh, registrar salespeople weren't getting bonuses. They started distributing the bonuses to the entire crew. Everybody gets it. It's communism, Scientology communism. Everybody gets an equal share of these bonuses. And that really pissed off all the salespeople because they were like, I'm the one doing the work. What the hell? Anyway, I'm going on and on and on about this, but is uh, a change in the bonus system also possible following the disaster of the chase wave? And like, let's stop paying these staff all this money. Um, so bonuses, I believe, again, there's no explanation to these categories in the accounts, right? right? So this is there is a lot of guesswork here, but there is something that they list as missionary commission expenses, right? Which I believe is the FSM bonuses, and that's money that they are paying as a commission on oh, people doing missionary work yeah, like FSM. Uh, right, 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 right. So that's a separate number to what they call staff allowances. They also um, list staff training and food for staff. Those are all separate numbers in the accounts. So that's why I believe staff allowance is uh, staff allowances is just pay for Sea Org and for Class Five staff. Okay. Did the staff money for? I mean, what about the? Did the other? If we were going to lose staff, would the other numbers like staff, food, and that sort of thing, those would also go down as well, right? That's a very good question and something that I haven't plotted on a graph yet. Okay. <laughs> so I'll get back to you on that one. That's the next step. I put an article out recently saying, I think that half of the staff left as a result of the Scientology aftermath show with Leah Remini. The next step is now further um, dissecting all of those numbers. And this is what I mean. Every time I look at one thing, it then just gives me a bunch more questions. And then I go down a whole nother rabbit hole of like, well, what does this mean? What does this mean? And this is what my life has been like over the last few months of like, I was initially looking at how much money does Scientology make in the UK? And then I look at, well, hold on, why is the US organization 
organization loaning $100 million to the UK organization. Why is it registered in Australia? Okay, well, hold on. There was a big drop here in this and that. And then suddenly you end up looking at staff pay and you know money. For example, they're spending half a million dollars on legal fees every year. They are being paid. Not only are they um, borrowing money from Church of Scientology International, um, People like Flag and CSI are actually charging Cosrecki, not a load, an actual charge um, for ecclesiastical management services, which is separate to training, for example, with the golden age of admin that's currently going on, where staff members are sent to Flag to go and train in these new policies and delivery of, you know, um, L. Ron Hubbard policy. Um those are being charged separately as charges for training uh ecclesiastical management services we're talking like a million dollars or two million dollars something off the top of my head like this just every little number has so much behind it and what i'm doing at the moment is working on just getting all of this data into a nice easy to read spreadsheet that i because i love a spreadsheet and then i can make a good graph out of it you and i you know scientologists love graphs right <laughs> and- Ew, i do i mean this is this is the kind of thing i literally did for many years in scientology yeah. was taking numbers putting them on graphs analyzing what does the what do these numbers tell us there's a picture that these numbers paint what is it yeah. right what what exactly. suppositions can we can we draw from this and how certain are we of those suppositions we used to call this stat analysis in science. Yes. And the good thing is I don't have this like Thursday at two deadline looming, looming over my head uh, by which I have to get the stat analysis done. But there is definitely a sense of urgency. As I say, I, I, all the evidence is there to support the theory that Scientology are preparing to overturn and appeal their rejection of tax exempt status in the UK uh, in 1999. And there is a sense of urgency because if they were to apply again, things like this could be the key to preventing uh, a potential tax exemption being granted to them because yes, they perform public religious worship ceremonies. Um, but if there is evidence of dodgy money dealings or fraud or them, um, you know, regging people for money and not delivering services or dodgy loans and tax avoidance, whatever, I'm not accusing them of these things. I'm saying that something like that could be the crux um, that would prevent them from being tax exempt. So there's a sense of urgency to figure out exactly what is going on here. So if I may put a plea out to any of your listeners or watchers, if you are yourself or you know someone who is an accountant or a lawyer that's familiar with tax law um, or fraud or money corporation type legal matters, um, particularly in the United Kingdom and or Australia, um, I would be really, really interested to speak with you because as much as I am understanding a lot and learning a lot, I'm by no means an expert and I could really do with just asking some different, getting some different opinions on this from professionals and sending some documents and saying, hey, what do you make of this? Um, It would be really helpful to help me form a better understanding and build a picture as to whether or not something dodgy or illegal is going on here. So if you are or you know someone that may be able to help, it has to specifically be UK and Australia. Um, That's the the two territories we're looking at here with their operations. So please get in touch. My email is hello at apostatealex.com or you can reach out to Chris and I'm sure would happily pass on the message. But, you know, it's just such a treasure trove of information and 
you know, Scientology like to play right up to the line of what is legal and what is not. I don't know whether they are doing something illegal here because they will take it right up to the line and push it as far as they possibly can go. It is highly probable they're not doing anything illegal, but they are very close to the line. And as a result, it's it's about the bigger picture we can paint. And if we can show that they are not letting suppressive people into their chapels for Sunday service, therefore they're not open to the public, therefore they can't get tax exemption. If we can show they're moving hundreds of millions of dollars around the world and benefiting from currency conversion, if we can show that they are trying to pay less tax in the UK by financing everything through the Australia and then having these loans and all of this all of this stuff may not be illegal but when you put it all into one document as a thing that we then send to the authorities and go this is what is going on under your nose i think it will encourage the authorities to maybe not look so positively on scientology being tax exempt in the uk because all of those operations will be continuing Sorry, all of these operations will be continuing if they were to be tax exempt. The difference being a UK taxpayer would be the one burdening the cost of that. Um, so that's why there's urgency. And if you can help in any way, please do get in touch. Okay, awesome. Um, it's a shame we don't have access to their CIC, their, their own statistics. We would know looking at APTP immediately <laughs> about the stat thing, right? I mean, I just I, I'm throwing out Scientology statistic names. AP is admin personnel and TP is tech personnel, and they keep track of this every single week in every single Scientology organization. They know exactly how many staff members they have and lose, et cetera. So it would be quite interesting if we had access to even those graphs to tell us certain things about this. But that's where Scientology, even in the UK, does not have to be transparent. But we're following the money. Alex, you're doing an amazing job of this. I, um, I, I just have nothing but kudos for you on this. And I hope that, um, that, that we can get you some help through this uh, channel here. So if anybody out there, you know, please do take Alex seriously on this. This is worth looking into. And uh, this could have, um, this could be important. You know, this could lead to something. And, uh, and if we can limit or stop Scientology from doing what it does, then we're doing our job, right? So, so if yeah. you can help us with that, we'd appreciate. It. I think, yeah, Scientology also have a habit of making really stupid mistakes that enable us to unravel a whole world of what they've been doing. Prime example, something that I discovered only yesterday was Scientology claim in their filings with the ACNC, Australian Charities Not for Profits Commission. It's a mouthful. Um, they claim that they have 700 volunteers in the UK, and that number hasn't changed in over a decade. One of the numbers they have to report is estimated volunteers. So they've had 700 volunteers for the last 10 years, and it hasn't changed. Okay, fine, whatever. That includes St. Hill, London, Birmingham. On uh, In a video on a Scientology website, I'm not going to name which video just yet because I haven't managed to screen capture it and I don't want them to take it down before I manage to get a copy of it in case we need it for some reason. Um, but there is a video in which a, a senior executive at St. Hill uh, in the last couple of years uh, makes reference to the 400 staff at St. Hill. Even if that is an inflated number, 
that would indicate that if their numbers are true, there are 300 staff members um, in the class five city level orgs in the UK, which is categorically false. London and Birmingham are the only two orgs that are ideal. I spoke to someone really recently who was um, in the Church of Scientology in London on staff within the last two years who confirmed there were no more than 25 staff at London. And London is one of the biggest ideal orgs. So there is no way there are 300 staff. So that number is very clearly inflated and false that they are reporting to the Charities Commission. That's not an offence. It is an estimate anyway. But it's little things like this that they wouldn't have realised that by having someone boast about how you know close everyone is at St. Hill and how I know all 400 staff members here, well, that's just thrown this number that they've reported on the finances completely out of the water. And so little mistakes like this are what allows us to unravel. Well, if they are lying about that number... What else are they lying about? Are they being truthful in all of their other accounting practices? And so this is the sort of investigation that I'm doing at the moment. And yeah, like like you said, if there's anyone that knows anything about this or is a professional, I would really appreciate your help because I'm kind of, you know, there's a lot to look at and I don't really know what I'm doing. Understood. <laughs> so I'm doing my best. <laughs> Good. Well, keep doing your best. I, you know, I just got to comment on the fact for a second here that Obviously, it is an inflated number, but 700 is <laughs> an entire country. How many how many people do you have in the UK? Uh, I believe our population is about 70 or 80 million. The last census, 2021, there were 1,800 people who declared their religion as Scientologist. So if those numbers are correct, that would indicate a third, about a third of Scientologists are working for the church, which indicates that to be a Scientologist, you're expected to work for the church, which then throws into question, well, is it charitable purpose if you're expected to work for them? Little things like this, they're just, they're not, you know, they're, they're making silly mistakes here and there that aren't going to help their case. But yeah, sorry, oh, okay. about 1,800 Scientologists, 700 apparently volunteers, and a population of about 70 or 80 million. I mean, you realize, I mean, all the work we're doing is awesome and very necessary, and I'm glad we're doing it. But you realize we're talking about a statistically insignificant number of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, we're talking about a statistically insignificant number of people, but we're talking about a st statistically very large number of um, dollars, right? We're talking about a lot of money, not people, but money. And that's why this is something everybody should be concerned about because, yeah, there are only 1,800 Scientologists here in the UK, but there, there's $100 million of loans from this organization to, between them and the US. And there's, you know, $40 million of unpaid, un, sorry, paid for, but undelivered services. Not many people, a lot of money. And who is the one that burdens that? You as a US taxpayer, Chris. If you are paying tax, if you're listening to this or watching this and you're paying tax in the United States, you are subsidizing these activities because the Church of Scientology is tax exempt in the United States. You are subsidizing them, spending millions of dollars on private investigators, loaning $100 million to foreign entities and profiting off the repayments with interest. This is what you as a US taxpayer are contributing towards. And this is why it's important that everybody is aware of this and, you know, <laughs> helps in this effort. Absolutely. Um, yeah.
You're absolutely right. And, and thank you for soapboxing on that about that, because I, I, you know, cause I'm a people person, I'm looking at the people side, the human side of this. And I'm just like, Jesus, there's nothing here. It's so tiny, but it really does reinforce again. Yeah. Remember Chris, it's a money-making scam, right? <laughs> like, duh. And that's clearly effectively what it is. I mean, these numbers are outrageous for the number of people that we're talking about who are involved in this. These numbers are outrageous for the number of people we're talking about. They don't make any sense. And that's that's itself kind of the biggest elephant in the room, actually. How is it that with 1,800 people in a country, a statistically insignificant number of people in this activity, we have tens of millions of dollars in undelivered services? How is that possible? Like that is kind of, at the end of the day, the biggest question here. How is that even possible? because we're not getting money out of a bunch of billionaires. That's not who Scientologists are, not most of them. So, so there are so many questions that this information, that this data begs. And I hope that uh, some of y'all out there will help Alex figure this out. On a separate note, maybe for a future direction, but I'll just going to tease. Um, I don't do this very often, but you and I do have a whole nother topic to discuss, which is London Church of Scientology social media campaign. Uh, and Charlie, uh, did I saying this right? Wakely? Wackley. Wackley. It's, it's written Wakely, but it's pronounced Wackley. Yeah. I didn't want to say it that way because I thought that would be insulting if it was Wakely, but it's Wackley. I remember it because Scientology is wacky yeah. and he's Charlie Wackley. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, um, so for those of you who were wondering about those Charles, Charlie Wakely, Wackley videos, and we had so many questions when those things came up, I remember just being like jaw on the floor about those, but this is a topic for our next talk. So we will, uh, break all of that down for you guys. Cause Alex happens to know all about it. And that's all we're going to say right now. <laughs> Alex, thank you very much for coming around and being on the show this week. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. And Chris, before I go, the interview that you did with me on my channel um, recently is actually among my top performing interviews. So I think people, my audience particularly, love the conversations we have. Um, so let's definitely do more of them. And I love speaking with you about this stuff. And it's really nice to be able to consider you a friend and not just a fellow creator. And um, thank you for having me on. I think we're all helping each other. We're a community. And the more people we have talking about this um the the better it the better the situation is so thanks for having me and let's do more of this soon you bet man you bet absolutely it's been my pleasure folks out there let me give you some reminders okay you're listening to my podcast so uh keep going all the way through to the end where i get to remind you uh support the channel support alex's channel subscribe to both of us okay that's why that's that's what this is all about kind of it's really all about fight and scientology but that you know there are sub products as we would say in scientology <laughs> and um remember i am available for consultation that is a service i offer and if you have something uh where you are involved in a coercive situation you have a friend or family member who's involved in a cult or coercive situation or they have gotten out and they don't know what to do, or you don't know what to do to help them. I'm here. Contact me. Uh, pretty cheap hourly rate. Pretty pretty good. And uh, so far, uh, 100% satisfied customers. So anyway, reach out to me for help, and maybe uh, we can talk. And with all of that being said, 
we'll wrap up for this week. See you guys next. Bye-bye.